0: you are locked on magic your daily podcast on the orlando magic part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: and you are indeed locked on magic today is may 3rd 2019 my name is philip rossman reich i'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com and of course follow me on twitter at philip rr underscore omd on today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll finish up our What Went Right, What Went Wrong series with a look at the Magic's home court advantage and the Magic's rookie, Mo Bamba. We'll talk a little bit about how, how those two seasons turned out and, and what they mean for the future moving forward. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of detail and care that you find here. Want to learn a little bit more about the Sixers-Raptors series with the Sixers now taking a 2-1 series lead? Check out Locked On Sixers and Locked On Raptors. Want to leg up on Friday's games, Locked On Bucks and Locked On Celtics have you covered, as does Locked On Blazers and Locked On Nuggets. You can find all these great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by finding them on iTunes by searching for Lockdown on the team you're looking for, or on the Himalaya app. Download podcasts directly to your device, uh, find playlists, discover new podcasts, all on the Himalaya app, including the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic we're, were struggling inside the Amway Center to start the year. And, and, and they were in the midst of this crucial five-game homestand. They had a five-game homestand shortly after the All-Star break ended. And this was pretty much make or break. Orlando, I think we even said on this podcast, Magic had to go 4-1 and one on this homestand to have any shot at making the playoffs. And in that fourth game of the homestand, already 3-0, and with blowout wins over some pretty terrible teams... In that fourth game, Orlando looked really shaky. Buzz was beginning to build about this team. They were making a playoff push. They were right in the thick of things, and the fans were starting to show up. But against a lowly Memphis Grizzlies team, Orlando found themselves down by 17 in the third quarter. They were struggling. They weren't doing the things they need to do to win games. The ball was sticking. They weren't defending. They were defending terribly, if I remember correctly and this was had all the makings of an opportunity lost you know get losing two late season games to the memphis grizzlies not exactly what a playoff team does down 17 things were looking very bad for the orlando magic but as terrence ross started to heat up something else began to happen the crowd started making noise. The, the 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 energy in the building changed completely, and all of a sudden, the magic had real momentum behind them. They came back, forced overtime, and won the game in overtime on a very difficult shot by Evan Fournier, if I'm not mistaken. And after the game, unprompted by the media, as as he sat down at the dais and gave kind of his opening remarks on on the pre on the game that just occurred, Steve Clifford said. I told our guys, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, this isn't exactly what Steve Clifford said, but he said, substantially, I told our guys, tonight was the first time you experienced what a playoff Magic crowd can do for you. Tonight was the first time you saw what this home court advantage is really about. And undoubtedly, the Magic learned that lesson very quickly. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers to sweep that homestand and eventually, eventually would beat the Miami Heat to put themselves in the pole position for a playoff spot. It was a huge victory for the Orlando Magic. And from that point forward, Magic fans were on board. They were going to be at the games. They were going to be loud. They were going to be a difference maker for this team. And I I honestly, when the schedule came out and the the final two home games were revealed, the Knicks and the Hawks, you figured, you know, Magic will probably be out of it by then. Those are going to be two pretty low-key games to end the season on. Well, the Magic weren't out of it. They needed that win against Atlanta. But when they got to the game against Atlanta the crowd was going to give this team the send-off they deserved. They're going to give them the energy and the love they deserve to get over the hump in the final two games of the season and get into the playoffs. And they felt that love, scoring 40 points in the first quarter and never looking back. That game was over within the first 12 minutes. That's what the Magic crowd can do. That's what the Amway Center crowd can do. Orlando finished a regular season on a nine-game home win streak. It was absolutely critical to the team making the playoffs. And yes, they finished with a, an overall home record, including the two games in Mexico City at 25-16. and 16. So they were 23-16 and 16 inside the Amway Center. By the end of the season, the Amway Center had become a fortress. It had become a, an extremely difficult place to play. And the Magic defended their home court with... with Energy and with Verve. They were confident they could beat anyone at home. And indeed, they did. They beat Philadelphia twice. They beat the Warriors. They beat the Raptors. They beat the Lakers with LeBron James. They beat the Celtics. They beat the Celtics and Rockets on back-to-back nights. All at home. Adding in an Evan Fournier buzzer beater against the Cleveland Cavaliers and Detroit Pistons for good measure. It was a heck of a home season. And that, honestly, the energy from that carried over to the playoffs, where the Magic created an extremely strong playoff atmosphere. The only thing that didn't match was the play of the team. The team just didn't have the energy to, uh, didn't have the energy and execution really to to make it a game. And so the Magic did everything they could to establish a home court. And it was undoubtedly one of the best developments of the year. Having a real home court advantage. Having real engaged fans. And I, and I, I think I've sat here and argued for, argued this forever. That Magic fans wanted to be engaged with this team. They wanted a reason to show up and cheer for this team. And they got it this year. And they showed it every time the Amway Center opened its doors at the end of the season. Now granted... Orlando had their crushing defeats at home. There was that overtime loss to the Nuggets, which doesn't look so bad in hindsight. But that was a game the Magic should have won. There was a loss to the Suns in overtime. Lowly Phoenix Suns team. There was a blowout. There blowout losses to the LA Clippers, especially comes to mind. They got destroyed by the San Antonio Spurs, and, and one of the few games Nikola Vucevic missed all year. Um, that was he was on paternity leave that game. It was a really strong home season, the best home season for the Magic have had in. Nearly a decade. And so, Orlando can count on, maybe not count, but they can count on Magic fans showing up and being engaged at the beginning of next season. They don't need a a, a kind of runway to get themselves going at home. The fans will be there for them on opening night next year. They always are. They sold out opening night this year too, but even if it's not the Heat, Magic fans will come out for this team, because this team, with its play at home, with the way that they finished the season at home, really captured the imagination of the city. Like I said, that last game against the Hawks, the fans gave every bit of appreciation to this team, because they didn't know they were going to make the playoffs at that point. They needed one more game, and yeah, at Boston, at Charlotte, felt very, very tough. There's no guarantee Orlando was going to get that win. But you could feel the energy fans gave e- even when the team was on the road. During the playoffs, fans really bought into this team. They really believed in this team. They filled downtown with uh, with an energy level that, that I haven't seen in this city since really 2010. And I, I'm honest about that. And I think it really goes back to how the Magic played at home. They established a home court. They delivered big wins for their fans. They made the Amway Center a tough place to play. It starts with their play, of course, but the crowd and the fans added to it. And for a team that you know has done okay in attendance, but has done that a lot through you know kind of ticket sale, group ticket sales, and tourist ticket sales, this was different. This was an engaged, active fan base ready to cheer on their team, invested in their team, and almost as much as anything else. That was vitally important for this team to reestablish this year. People fell in love with the Magic again. And that happens because they could connect to this team at the Amway Center. More so than they could on the road. I mentioned the, the, the TV ratings yesterday. But more you could connect to a team more at home than you can on the road. Winning big home games matters for fan engagement. And fans loved this team because they could win the big ones at the Amway Center.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: But obviously not everything went according to plan. And I think one of the big question marks entering this offseason is, is obviously... And the, the Nikola Vucevic question is a big question mark um, about whether the Magic should re-sign him or not. And, and there's a lot of philosophical debates that I've seen, um, seen floated around here and seen floated around the internet about what to do with Vucevic. Um, there, there is certainly the strong argument that you don't want to commit a four-year contract to, to Nikola Vucevic because ultimately Nikola Vucevic impedes Mo Bamba's development. And so, uh, honestly, really a big chunk of the Nikola Vucevic question is a question of how close is Mo Bamba to A, contributing, and B, being the st- kind of starish player that the Magic need to be him to be, especially on the defensive end. The sooner he becomes that, the sooner it seems like Nikola Vucevic isn't as necessary. And and maybe that's not a zero-sum game, as much of a zero-sum game or as much of a binary as I'm making it out to be. It probably isn't because Vucevic provides a lot of other things. But undoubtedly, the, the, the debate goes, the Magic spent a sixth overall pick on Mobamba. They're invested in him. Putting things in his way to his development, to his playing, is not a good thing. But... Let's narrow the microscope a little bit. And to start with this, this was not a good year for Mo Bamba. It was an interesting rookie year. I wouldn't call it a failure or a disaster or anything. But I think we can also say pretty fairly, Mo Bamba looked like a rookie in a lot of ways. And he is a rookie, so he should look like a rookie. But the Mo Bamba decision or or how the Magic used Mo Bamba was probably the one thing they did all year without change that cost the team wins, that hurt the team more than anything else. And I think that's unfair to some extent, but it's hard to argue with the numbers. When Mo Bamba got hurt and Ken Burch entered the rotation the Magic got significantly better. I hate saying that, but the numbers don't lie. When the Magic had Mo Bamba on the floor this year, when the Magic had Mo Bamba on the floor this year, according to NBA.com's stats, the Magic had a team-worst minus 15.2 net rating. The team gave up 108.3 points per 100 possessions. With Bamba on the floor, scored only 93.1. Now, some of this is context-based. Bamba played a lot of his minutes with that second unit that was really terrible. Before the Magic switched off of Jaron Grant, before the Magic started staggering their starting lineup a little bit more. Bo Bamba didn't get the benefit of playing with a Michael Carter Williams or playing with the Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross trio that, that the Magic started using a lot with those second units. Clifford hadn't made that leap yet. With his with his rotation. And so Bamba certainly suffered from being around a, a lot of bad players. For the record, the magic were a plus two point eight net rating with Birch on the floor, including a 102.0 defensive rating. So again, when Birch entered the lineup and Birch played minutes, the magic were significantly more effective. I, I really can't phrase it any other way. The magic were better with Birch on the floor. That's, you know, and I think there's some other metrics I would say, like Bomba, I think, was near the bottom of the league as far as real plus minus for for players that that played meaningful minutes. So, in that sense, Bomba wasn't making the kind of impact on the game, especially defensively, that you want to see. And again, he's a rookie. So, a lot of this was expected. He, he doesn't have an NBA body. He, he, he um, doesn't have... You know, he the the game was definitely very quick for him. It was very fast for him, and and I would say this before his injury, before he he left with the with the left tibia fracture, with the with the injury that he had. Um, before he left with that injury, I thought he was making progress. I thought he was taking steps, uh, moving in the right direction, and starting to assert himself and look a little more comfortable defensively. His final stat line reads like this: six point two points per game. 5 rebounds per game, 1.4 blocks per game, and uh, 16.3 minutes per game, shot 48.1% from the floor, a 52.5 effective field goal percentage, uh, shooting 30% from beyond the arc. He fell in love with that three-point shot. He obviously didn't have the strength to do much on the inside, on the interior. The one game that he started against the San Antonio Spurs, they bulldozed him. He was just clearly not ready for that role. And again, that's... Of what we're talking about with the future, he, he could put on a lot of weight, and he is going, he is putting on a lot of weight, it seems like. Um, you know, coaches and Steve Clifford has, has talked really glowingly about his uh, ability to stay engaged with the team and and kind of go through the 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 work and the process that the Magic are putting him through, as as, as far as a, a young player learning the league, there's a lot to like. There's there's you know, it's, it's not all bad for Mobamba, and I think criticizing his season in the way that I've criticized his season is, is unfair. Because he is a rookie. And he is a rookie that's not only a rookie, but a project. The Magic didn't draft him to start right away. They knew that wasn't going to happen. The Magic understood that it was going to take years and they'd have to go through some of these growing pains that I'm describing. Like I said, I'm not against the decision to play him. Although I will acknowledge playing him the way that the Magic did, especially some of those early lineups where he was paired with Nikola Vucevic, playing him the way that the Magic did ultimately cost the team some wins. It hurt the team in the short term of the season. And playing Cam Burch when the Magic played Cam Burch, I do believe that was a turning point in the year. I do believe that ultimately benefited the team and helped them make the playoffs. That's not to say I don't think Bamba was going to figure some things out and have some big games and show off his potential, which he certainly did. Even on opening night, scoring, I think it was 16 points on opening night, making jumpers, blocking shots the way he did. Fans wanted him to finish that game, even though he looked gassed. I remember being in debates with fans for the first few days after after that game ended, saying Bamba should have finished the game, Vucevic is done. And I was like, no, no, no. Bamba was tired, he needed to come out, Vucevic is fine. It's one game, don't freak out. Bamba clearly has potential, and I mean, even if you look at his per 36 numbers, he averaged three blocks per 36 minutes. So scoring's not there yet. It's going to come. His rebounding, 11 rebounds for 36 minutes. It's almost there. And I think he's still got work to do there, especially strength-wise. But he's obviously got great instincts and in defensive timing for blocks. And I think he still hunts for blocks a little bit, which is what young players do. So again, none of this is surprising. None of these criticisms are... are They're criticisms, for sure. But they're expected. I, I, I expected Bamba to have this kind of a season. You know, honestly... He didn't hit all of my expectations, I'll admit to that. But Bamba had about the rookie year that I expected. And I don't think he's ready to start next year, which is one of the reasons why I do think re-signing Nikola Vucevic is a good decision. Um, and I don't know if it's going to come for another, year, another two years. I, I Honestly, I think it's going to take next year and probably the year after before we're really comfortable saying Mo is ready to start. Then again, he could come out summer league and look really, look like a much different player. I mean, he's had a lot of time to work on some things, but you know, obviously, he's been limited a little bit by his injury. But overall, though, it's hard to say Bamba was everything people wanted from him as a rookie. The defensive impact is not there; it's not borne out by the numbers. He kind of goes after the glamour stats, but he's still got a lot to learn. Again, completely expected. What was unexpected to me, though, was that he would have such a negative impact, that there'd be such a big difference between him on the floor and Burch on the floor. Burch is a much more disciplined and experienced player. He's a veteran. He's more of a veteran than Bomba is. So again, not entirely surprising. But I don't think we can get around this fact. The Magic were worse when Bomba was on the floor. As much as they need him to go through those growing pains, as much as they need him to be on the floor and get this experience and and, and the Magic needed that. Needed that threat of him in some way. Probably needed him a little bit in the playoffs, to be honest, with his length, just to to cause problems and make it hard for a guy like Kawhi to score over the top. The Magic do need him. I want to make that clear. I'm not giving up on the kid. But... In the short term, in the small focus of this season, Bamba wasn't that good. Still got a long way to go. Again, as expected. And when we talk about this season in particular, and especially what this season became making the playoffs, what was good for the long term wasn't good for the short term. And the Magic probably needed to make that switch to Birch a little bit sooner than they did. And honestly... The injury, I hate saying this because I don't like say, I don't like it when guys get injured. The injury probably helped the Magic in the end. But I will say this: the Lumps Bamba took his rookie year, and even going through the injury process and and, and doing all the game film study that he's been doing and taking the notes that he's been taking for Co- for Coach Clifford, all of it's going to help Bamba in the long run. So while I will say that this is a short term failure or not failure, that's too strong, a short-term setback, the Magic will get long-term gains from what they saw from Bamba this year. Even if ultimately what Bamba did on the court, it's hard to find the impact of it. This is Jake
0: from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. And of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And you can also find us on the Himalaya app. Download the Himalaya app today create playlists, and find new suggested podcasts, including those on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find them all on the Himalaya app. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omd, and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Next week, we will start player evaluations. We've talked a little bit about individual players already on the What Went Right, What Went Wrong series, but we'll dive a little bit deeper into individual players and how they played this season Coming up starting next week, that'll take up the next few weeks of our time. We'll get through all 15 players on the website, hit the highlights. We won't hit all of them here. We won't hit all of them here on the podcast, but you'll see them all up on the website, OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily. I'd be remiss if I did mention the Orlando Solar Bears. They followed the Florida Everblades for nothing in game four of their South Division Final Series with the Florida Everblades. Boo. Um, a tough loss, a four nothing loss. A really physical game. The Everblades just have had a little bit more offensive punch. The Solar Bears just couldn't take advantage of several power plays, uh, and a tough loss for them. They're on the brink of elimination, down three one in the season in the in the playoff series. They'll take on the Everblades at the Amway Center in Game Five on Friday night at seven o'clock. If you have nothing better to do on a Friday night, you know maybe maybe you can put off seeing Avengers End Game one more time. Um, check out the Orlando Solar Bears uh, at the Amway Center. So it, they, they, it is a fun time. Great intro video. Um, you can get your end game fixed that way. Um, great Avengers themed intro video. Um, and always a good time down at the Amway Center for a little playoff hockey. I enjoyed Thursday's game. Fortunately, the Solar Bears couldn't deliver the result and now face elimination in game five. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
2: You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.